We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Oh, it is so good to see you, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us and for being with us inside the incredible Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas. D'Lo Brown lives in Vegas, so it makes perfect sense to have him join us here. And I always love talking to D'Lo. And during our interview, he referred to himself as the Forrest Gump of wrestling. And when you really think about it, I mean, it's true. Think about all the great storylines and factions that he's either been a part of himself or he's been related to in some sort of way. Now he's the head of talent relations for Impact Wrestling, so he is the guy when it comes to finding new talent for Impact Wrestling. So a ton to talk to him about. Give him a follow on social media. He's at Brown 75 If you're not following me already, I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And if it's your first time here, please take a second to click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now. Our fan of the week is Jay Griff Cleveland 216. Big shout out to 216. That was my home for five years, Cleveland, Ohio. I love the CLE. He says, your positivity is contagious. First of all, I just want to say how much I love your podcast. I listen every day and surf through interviews like crazy while I'm at work. You really know how to keep it real and professional while being such a cool effing guy. Your interview with Enzo really showed how real you are and even made me realize how smart of a guy Enzo is. You really bring out the best in people. Keep up the amazing work. Well, thank you, Jay Griff. Cleveland 216. Shout out to the 216. Thanks for taking the time to leave a review. And I read one on every single episode. So if you have an iPhone, if you have Apple Podcasts, go in there, click the five stars, leave a few words, and I will shout you out and promote whatever it is that you write in the review. I'll, I'll shout you out and promote you for free, of course. And Spotify has ratings as well. So if you're listening on Spotify, go in there and leave the five stars. It'd be so awesome if you could. All right, let's do this. Let's dive into this. He's the real deal. <laughs> he is D'Lo Brown. You made some time for us, so thank you so much. Oh, bro, of course we make time for you, man. You invite me down to this, this plus studio my second time here, of course. That, I look at this place, right? Man, I, 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 man, I wish I had this place. I'd, I'd never leave it. I'd put a bed right over there. That, that's where my bed's going to go. This would be my TV. I, this is a TV. Oh, this is incredible. Let's throw Liverpool up on this thing. I, I don't want to leave, but you're <laughs> off to New Orleans tomorrow. Yes, yeah, You're a busy man. Uh, I, you know, with all my impact stuff, I, I travel a ton, and 
between uh, being on camera and, and working in talent relations. And uh, it just, it's just all consuming, but I, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. What is your official title at Impact Wrestling? Uh, head of talent relations. Is that, do you have a business card that says that? No, bro. That's too much. I don't put that <laughs> Business on, card. You might, digital. It's right here. Does anyone have a business card in wrestling? I don't know if anybody does. It's just an exchange of phone number. That's basically. Yeah, pretty, that's your business card. You have my, if you have my number, you have my business card. But if that's your job, then commentator is also your job too. Yes. I uh, mean, you know, color commentating. Uh, How many hats do you wear? Enough to keep me employed. <laughs> <laughs> on a, okay, on a show day, uh-huh. what is like... Wake up, get to the venue. Then what's it look like? Wake for up, you? get to the bid, uh, the building. Um, sit down, go through production meeting, go through an agents meeting, then break off and get with talent about their match. Then when I have a free time, break out my computer um, and see if there's some payroll issues I need to deal with or some something anything out there that needs to be addressed. Go back to talent. Um, go over notes that if I'm going to do some announcing. Oh, and then by the way, it's it's uh, show time and. Let's get out there and throw the suit on and go go scream at the top of my lung for two hours. You and Tom Hannafin. Yep. Tom Hannafin and I, I mean, what a great guy. I love that dude. Um, came in and, and injected, we talked about this off air, injected a, a sense of comfort. And, yeah. and no disrespect to anybody else, but there's something about his voice that's it's very comforting and, and draws you in. And he's so knowledgeable about wrestling. Um, just an all-around pro. Like, I was so impressed with him the first time he sat down next to me. And for people who don't know him by his real name, it's Tom Phillips yes. from WWE, who's now the lead play-by-play commentator alongside you in Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that comfort factor you're talking about is people know that voice. Yeah. So when they hear that voice, they immediately go, oh, I'm used to hearing that associated with wrestling. Yeah, so I agree. It, it doesn't take them out of the product as much, perhaps. No, it draws them deeper in, and that's a beautiful thing. And then you throw in... Um, he's talking about compelling storylines and while that's happening in the ring, there's um, incredible wrestling action going on. It's a complete package to me. That is a big pickup for impact wrestling. It's a huge pickup. I was so happy when, uh, when I heard he was coming on board. Yeah. How'd you guys make this happen? Bro, I can't, I can't disclose that. <laughs> Show's over. Show done. <laughs> done. I can't, I plead the fifth. Are you the guy who is out seeking new talent now? Uh, I'm always out there looking. Um, I, my email, I get, no exaggeration. I get 100 emails a day from talent all around the country. Wow. Um, some good, some bad, some who don't ever need to apply for a wrestling job. Um, but I get them and I look at them and, and it's all consuming. I was up till literally 4.30 last night watching wrestling videos. Real? Of people who? Of people who are trying to be that next person. Okay. So if I want to get D'Lo Brown's attention, mm-hmm. if I want to get signed Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? Show me something that I've not seen before. Ooh. Uh, entertain me in a way where I can say, yeah, that translates to the masses. Something I can sell to those decision makers above me. Give me something I can't walk away from. That's a, that's a tall order. It is, especially in the world that we're in right now. Because mm-hmm. it's very hard to one-up the people who have already one-up the people who've come before them. But you have to because... Let's just pick an example. Pick anybody on TV. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Alexander. Sure. Okay. We don't need another one of him. So now you've got to come up with something creatively different that yeah. draws my attention as much as he does. Mm-hmm. Moose. We only need one moose. We don't need two of them. So now you, as the person who's trying to get a job or trying to 
hone your craft. What makes you different? What makes you stand out? What makes you special? And then have to highlight that to show you've got two minutes, three minutes to show us why you're special enough to go, all right, this deserves a second look. This deserves a third look. You know, maybe this, we need to bring this guy in for a, a deeper evaluation, guy, girl, whatever the, the, the um, you know, who they ever they are. Um, they weren't a, a, you know, in a person um, talk to, talking to or maybe a dark match. Mm. Show me something different. So is the idea to make some buzz for yourself on the indies? It's not about making buzz. It's just being good at what you do, the overall product, your presentation, your in-ring work, your talking, the way your body looks, the way you're dressed. You know, there's no way I can put a guy. I mean, okay, only one guy has made money in, in a wife beater in shorts. Okay, Billy Kidman. Only one guy did it. <laughs> but yet there are 100 guys out there still wrestling in that look. Yeah. If only one did it, then I don't want to go that way because odds are another one's not going to come along. A lot of guys making a living with a shaved head and a goatee, though. You know what, though? But, bro, <laughs> I'm not in the ring anymore. I'm a, I got a hell of an office look. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the glasses and everything. The gla- yep, the glasses change everything. It does. Look, everything, I feel like, has shifted in professional wrestling over the last handful of years. Yeah. And especially over the last year or so with this Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. And that really opened up with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, it, it didn't open up with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is the backbone of the Forbidden Door. It is. Um, you think about who's working with whom, and Impact Wrestling is always connected to somebody, whether it be New Japan, AEW, um, AAA, WWE, Ring of Honor, um, you name it. We are connected to them in some way or shape or form, so... Um, we are the framework of the forbidden door. Yeah, the Don Callis and Kenny Omega stuff at first kind of mm-hmm. went people go made people go, Oh, yeah. If this is possible, what else might be possible? And that started the dream match booking scenarios. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them play out where, oh my God, they're the good brother standing next to the young bucks. Um yeah. wait a minute. There's there's Christian. He's 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 back in impact wrestling. He's the impact world's champion. I mean, like Yeah, I mean, just those two opening this door, kicking it down, so to speak, um, has really revitalized wrestling over the last 18 to 24 months. Well, And then I think that a lot of people with the Royal Rumble and Mm -hmm. Mickie James went, what? WWE's in on this too? Yeah, and and, the the second the Impact Knockouts Championship belt walked out to the ring around Mickie's waist, that's an acknowledgement from that company that someone else exists. Yeah. That's, it was a huge get um, and awesome for us and awesome for Mickey. How, I don't know how much you can speak to it, but how did that all come together? Just a lot of work. And I'll leave it at that. Just a lot of work. Mm. Do you think that it hurts Mickey in any way that she's not in the final four in the Royal Rumble as the Impact Champion? No, I think just Mickey being there. Mickey could have done a Bushwhackers and walked out and gone right over the top and walked right back and would have got great buzz just from being there. And if you notice, no other woman other than Charlotte walked out with a championship belt. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot uh, even more. Um, so it, it being in the Rumble, how long she was in the Rumble, look, she got to eliminate one or two. I think that's awesome. And it was, it was, once again, it's great for her and it's great for Impact Wrestling. Do you, and it's great for the business. Do you think that door could now go both ways? Yeah, you never know. It's, it's wrestling. Never say never. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about wrestling. You could never say never. 
I mean, and we were joking about this off camera. Really, anyone at this point could show up anywhere. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I said it earlier, it has an air of an, an, of NFL free agency. Yeah, you know, it's kind of got that vibe where once that that window hits and you know that window's open, like anybody can go to one of thirty two teams. So where are they going, and what's going to happen, and and what storyline is going to come from that? So uh, and. It's been this way in wrestling for the last nine or ten months, um, where it seems like every two weeks someone's ninety days are coming up, or someone's leaving a company. Hell, we had a, just a huge departure just two days ago. So, I mean, it's it's this business right now is so fluid um, that it's it's keeps everyone's mind on it, and it keeps the fans' interest. And to me, the winner of this is the fans. At the end of the day, the fans are winning because they're seeing these. Once again, fantasy bookings, uh, these these jumping ships, moving from company to company. It's this is an awesome time. And the fact that fans know the ninety days, and then they yes. can go, "Ooh, this pay per view's right around this." Time. Right, you you can look and you go, "Oh man, yeah." Bound for Glory is one day after the ninety day. <laughs> Wait a minute, well, Slammiversary was the perfect example. Yes, of that. yes, Slammiversary when we when the Good Brothers came in and Cordona and Eric Myers Young. and Eric Young, and it was like. My God! Yeah, you know it was like, and it was just literally. Then it was the it was Saturday before at midnight. It was yeah, boom yeah, and there we are Sunday live on TV. So it was a it's it's such a, it's an exciting time. The big departure that you're referencing from a few days ago is Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and this is what's your take on everything going on there? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to go too deep because I don't like speaking about other companies. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a big move for someone that high up on the, the corporate structure to move companies. So let's just see what happens. I mean, maybe he's not moving companies. Maybe this is all just a giant, uh, storyline. Who knows? Yeah. This, that's the interesting thing about wrestling right now. You've got you, everybody's, everybody's guessing. And if you have the fans guessing, then wrestling wins and the fans win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
you mentioned him briefly, but Matt Cardona has been doing such a great job at that. I, I give you one question. Has anybody had a better last 12 months than Matt Cardona? I don't think so. I don't know if anybody's ever had a more successful independent wrestling run in the last year. I mean, it, it is just what he has done is just mind blowing. Um, and, and no disrespect to Cardona, but he was portrayed as a third tier guy when he left mm -hmm. and to, to rebrand, to revamp and to make himself the pretty much legitimately the top independent player out there. Yeah. Is mind numbing and amazing for him. I'm so happy for him. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've told him like, bro, I mean, I can't believe the run you're on. And he's, you know, I've gotten from him. I can't believe it. I was like, don't <laughs> think about it. Cause the minute you think about it, it might end. Just let it roll. Just let it keep rolling. And he's been doing a lot of this when there were all of these restrictions with the pandemic. Yes. And he was still finding a way to get booked and get over and to fill the arenas. Yeah. I mean, he made the most out of this pandemic time. I mean, you know, he goes and becomes a GCW heavyweight Your champion. Your phone is ringing right now. Which free agent could it be? Uh, I can't. That's why my phone's down here. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like Adam Schefter right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um <laughs> um, so to win the GHC title and then culminate off, you know, he wins a, the, uh, the, the impact digital media title. And then, you know, a week and a half ago, he wins the NWA world's title. I mean, yeah. one of the most sacred titles in our business. And now is around the waist of Matt Cardona, a guy 18 months ago who was sitting at home or sitting in catering. And now he's, he's, he's got, I mean, I, I, it's hard to even put in words. Yeah. How good of a year he's had. And it's, it's because he's got himself over. Yeah. He's made himself interesting. Well, I mean, he, he, he is out there. I mean, and in his songs, is always ready. And he's proven he's always going to be ready for whatever challenge is going to be, no matter if it's Impact or NWA or, or GCW or, hell, it could be the Poughkeepsie Armory. He's going to make, he's always yeah. going to be ready for that challenge. Well, I think that people saw him because of 14 years in WWE. They mm -hmm. saw him as like this Jersey Shore guy. Yeah. They saw him as the broski. Yeah. And then he kind of played into that for a little bit when he got released. Now he's a completely different character. He's free. Like he, he is, he's found a way to free himself from that, from that character of the broski. Now he'll still say broski every now and then, but he's, he's freed himself of that that mystique and he's yeah. created a whole new aura about himself. And that's, um, that's a testament to him and his hard work and his, his, his want to want his want to be better. So, yeah. I mean, hats off to him. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, like do something that you haven't seen before and, and, and show me. And he took, he, he unwrapped himself and showed the world. He was something different. Yeah. And what he was different is like, just, I want more of that. Yeah. So, what was that moment for you? What was that moment for D'Lo Brown? Uh, wow. I think the first time was the head shake. Was was that the first time the head shake happened? I knew I was just I <clears throat> I knew I had found something that was a little different than anybody else on on the roster. And when you're when you're in such a talent laden locker room, you've got to find something that stands out. If not, you're just you're just another guy wearing spandex and baby oil. I mean, hell, you're at the top of the, you know, you're in the biggest company, but you, you want to elevate up the card. Um, yeah, and if, if it wasn't for the head shake and, you know, because even in the nation, I had a, a certain amount of, um, you know, protection for me in the nation, but I was still just the, 
the fourth guy, the fifth guy, depending on the numbers. Um, and I really didn't stand out other than, you know, take a bump deal. I take whatever big bump I could, but that didn't really play out. And finally, when the head shake happened, that's when things started. There was a focus put on me. But there was like, you had some memorable moves too. Yeah, but sky high, the frog splash. And those were the starting pieces of, you know, getting attention. But at the end of the day, it's just a move. Like, I think only one guy has really gotten over from a move, and that's, you know, the Canadian story and Petey Williams. Other than that, everybody does the same 12 moves of doom. I, you know, I love Petey. And the first time I saw the Canadian Destroyer, I went, what? Oh, my God, how? I I sat, I, re, I remember rewinding it 100 times going, same. how is that possible? I remember playing it like frame by frame and yeah. going, I still don't get it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going, how is that possible? I think it's unfortunate that there's a lot of wrestling fans out there that don't know why it's called the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. Um, I forget his name. Uh, he was one of the greats in Canada who was the Canadian Destroyer. And um, Bret Hart. No, not Bret Hart. No. <laughs> one of the greats in Canada. One of the greats in Canada. Yeah. Was, uh, he was a great from the Windsor, Ontario, Toronto area. Um, and he was a Canadian Destroyer. Um, and Petey named it after him out of respect. Oh, wow. And now, like, a big bad bunny does it now. Yeah, now it's a, now it's a transition move, and you, you do on your weights from the, you know, hotel room down to the lobby. <laughs> There's a lot of that now. There's, yeah. But when you look at what you were doing with the nation, everyone you, was, you were surrounded by. All Hall of Famers, all top talent, all yeah. guys that I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to be around. And, and first and foremost is, is Ron Simmons. I mean, to have that man as your, your mentor, your life coach, your pseudo father, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. And, and mind you, the whole time, I idolized this man growing up. Wow. So to have the, you know, the opportunity to go from watching him, hell, I was in the arena when he won the, the WCW world title from Big Van Vader in Baltimore, Maryland. You were there. I was there as a fan. Wow. So to go from that to five years later, standing in another ring in the same building, standing next to the man, surreal. Had you already started wrestling at that point when you saw it? It was, it was right on the cusp. This was 93-ish, and I started in 94. So, yeah. And what he did, I mean, he broke so many barriers with that. Absolutely. He, he showed... He showed people of color that you could be good at this yeah and and he became that that shining light and he opened the door and you know myself there's a bunch of others who go i i did this i got into this because if ron could do it then there's a path already laid for me to be able to do it yeah and man you know they say never meet your heroes i'm so glad i met mine what about rock when rock joined did you go Oh yeah, he's something special. You know, not at first, and, and no, and, and even Rock will tell you no because at first he had come off a the failed Rocky Maivia gimmick. He was coming off an injury with the pineapple hair, with the pineapple hair, and and the and the frilly, you know, <laughs> yeah. And he, even he would tell you he was trying to find his, he was trying to repackage himself, and he was he wanted to get rid of that mystique of that failed baby face, um, and he you know. He, got, he was afforded the protection of being in the nation where you were allowed to make mistakes and had great minds around you that can help cultivate you. And then the one thing I did learn about Rocky was he was willing to do the work. He was willing to outwork anyone. 
And what I mean by that was there are times we would be in the car and he would just, you could see him thinking. We'd listen to the radio and, and he'd go, oh, what was that? And he'd be a catchphrase from a song and two days later you'd hear it in a, in a promo. Mm. Um, we would watch movies and he would, he would, he would take from pop culture. Um, and he would, he, the things that would work, he would keep in there. The things that didn't, he would get rid of. And you saw that. And because of that hard work, you went, okay, this, this brother's working. Yeah. This brother's, he's putting a time in. And, you know, looking, feeling every incarnation of how we would try different promo styles is finally get the one that worked. And you can see the evolution of it. If you go back and watch Raw, you can see the evolution of his promo styles. till finally about, it was about, took about six months for him to, really hone in on it. And when he did, that's when he walked out on the stage in that black vest and he called himself The Rock for the first time against Steve Austin. And, well, y'all know the rest of the history. I asked The Rock what his most memorable promo was of all time. Uh-huh. I mean, that's so difficult because The Rock's got so many promos. Right. And he said his most memorable promo was the one in the nation where he said, you know, The Rock's a lot of things, but sucks isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Because that was the turning point of him turning into the rock. And I think that was one of the first times he referred to himself in the third person, mm. referred to himself specifically as the rock. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, the birth of it. Uh, and that was the growth of it. And, and I will tell you one of the greatest seats to ever have. I had the best seat in the house to watch the, the brightest superstar in the history of this business light up and, and, and take off. Yeah. And for that, I'm thankful and blessed. I think we look back now on that segment with DX making fun of the nation of domination in a really different way. Yeah. Was there any trepidation at that time when that segment was being pitched? No. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of stories out there. I can tell you that none of us had any big concern about it. Um, In retrospect, um, we could have done that segment without the blackface. Mm. And, you know, I wish we had it. And it would have been it would have the been, same. It would have been just as good. Yeah. Um, I, I Obviously, I wish we'd have changed that. We didn't. Um, you know, looking back on it in 2022 eyes, not a fan of it. But in 1997, 98 eyes, it was, it was a way of getting these two factions to war because we knew that both of our factions were I use the term over enough or connected with the fans enough that we could, you know, go out there and, and draw money and, and fill some houses with it uh, and put up some ratings on TV. Um, and then we look at the individual matchups that we could have, you know, and that's what piqued our curiosity. And I, I think people look past the, the obvious elephant in the room. But I think that even if it was just a few years later when WWE became a public company, mm-hmm. that segment would have not even been like brought up. You couldn't pitch that idea three years later. Yeah. Yeah, you, you couldn't even you, – like, you, people. you'd get laughed out of a building you pitched that idea three years but that's, later. That's what you said about – the segment would have been the exact same without blackface. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It is so absolutely true. If, if there was never any blackface, you would have never known the difference and it would have been just as entertaining. I mean, that whole segment was DX entertaining everybody. And they could have done that easily just, you know, without the blackface. Yeah. And like, I don't, you definitely could not do that no, no, now no. at all. Mm-hmm. But you brought up off camera and it's so interesting, like Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Which in the context of the film makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause he's a, he, he's an actor <laughs> playing a role uh-huh. and actor in the role he's playing is of an actor who's playing another role. I'm a dude 
playing, playing a dude, dude. <laughs> who's playing a dude. Yeah. And and it's very it's it's convoluted and 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 that was 2008. Yeah. Nominated for an Oscar yes. the next year, which look, that was an incredible performance. It was a great I mean also I remember that when he finally, you know, you saw his blue eyes for the first time it was like holy hell. Yeah. Holy hell, it's really him under there. Yeah. But I mean, obviously that character couldn't have existed without blackface. So yeah, well, I mean, I guess the idea there was his he had dyed his he, pigment of his he skin. He dyed pigment of his skin and done something to his hair. So he, was, he wasn't blackface. He was actually dark skin. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, you know what? Um, I'm glad I don't have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> pitching that creatively into anybody. Yeah, I, I, and I'm sure people bring that nation thing up to you all the time. Oh, yeah, I get it all the time. I get people looking at it with 2022 eyes going, were you mad? Were you angry? Well, today I am, but in 98, 97, 98, I'm not. I wasn't. I was, like I said, we're just trying to create a good segment. Is it also because of the speed of, at which you know television wrestling works? Like you're creating those segments, writing the show each week, mm -hmm. and then you're probably not getting the script till what, day before, day of? You, you may, if you were lucky back then, you know, some guys would get it two or three days ahead of time. Some guys would get it day of. Some guys would get it you know, as they're walking to the ring. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it's, it was a different time. Um, thankfully we don't live in that time anymore and, and I'm glad we're here today. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I, once again, I wish we can go back and retro book it and, 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 and do it a different way. When I tweeted out that I was going to have you in the studio here, mm -hmm. people were pumped. Of course, everybody wants to ask you about the head shaking. I am genuinely curious if you have any residual effects. From None your whatsoever. Head. None, none whatsoever. You don't uh, have to like see a chiropractor every no, few days. No, no. I just—it was something that came natural. I don't. Can you still shake it like uh, that? Well, that's not quite it. Come well, on. I got the headphones on. You my... can take them off for no, a moment. No, man. That's none. Of, you got to pay for that. Two dollars. Come on, buddy. <laughs> HBO, help brother out. Gotta. I, <laughs> I, I'm genuinely like surprised that you're not like, yeah, man, my neck. Here. No, I, no, um, no residual effects at all. I only pulled my neck one time doing it. Um, we had done a, a show, I forget, somewhere near New York City, and we were flying to Germany the next day. So we did our show and then hopped on a, you know, a flight to, to Germany. And I remember sitting on the plane all night long, and then we landed, went right to the arena to go do a show. And I remember walking in, boom, and I was like, oh, that hurt. That hurt. Because I had slept on my neck all night long. So I was like, that hurt. And that's the only time I've ever had an issue with it. The thing that I love about the head shake, and I had uh, Godfather in here recently, and mm -hmm. the thing I love about that, like there was something about the Attitude Era where you were over before you even stepped foot into the ring. Mm -hmm. Like you were over from your entrance, or you were over from your gear. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that still exists in the same way now. No, I don't think so. I mean, it, times are different, but there's an air of connectability, and and fans got invested in certain characters i mean we all know how we felt when we heard the glass crack sure or the gong mm -hmm. or the if you smell adam schefter's texting me right Gee, now who's this let me see now hold Who, on oh my gosh i don't know okay uh -oh. okay uh -oh. but you know there there's certain we saw that look or, you know certain <laughs> musics that connect you to people yeah and i think music's important I think music's the, the staple of your entrance. You're looking at the real deal now. Yeah, it 
iconic. You know, that, that record scratch of mine, people, mm -hmm. people loved it. And the minute you walked out, they let you know how they felt, whether they liked you or not, you knew instantly, you know, 18 to 20,000 people are going to let you know how they felt about you. Jim Johnston, Jim Johnston, genius. the master, genius, genius, the master at that hit, that first hit of a song, the glass shattering, yep. the gong, the record scratch. We can go on and on and on. There's his, so many his, of them. His concept was you should know who's coming to the ring within two seconds of hearing the beginning of their music. So what was your reaction the first time you heard your theme song? I flipped out. Um, he and I, what well, was originally that song, that track was for Mark Henry and myself. There was an original version. It was, tag it was a tag team version. And so I remember sitting in the studio and, you know, that's me laughing on you. to. <laughs> Because, like, he would get sound bites from you. He would get little things from you. And then it's like watching, I would assume it's like watching Picasso work. Okay? Because he, he, would, he would just sit in there and go, laugh for me. Hit a butt. Uh, just go woo for me. Hit a butt. And then he'd be like, all right, hold on a second. And he'd sit there, sit there, and he'd go, what do you think about this? And he would give you a rough copy, a rough idea. And and if you gave me okay, be like okay, I've got some I've got some artists down in New York. Let's see if I can get a uh, a run of this and and get a a working copy of this, and I'll I'll be back with you in about a week. And then a week later, that's he came, unreal. He, he came back with you know Danger Door, and I was like, wow. Oh, man. I was like, I can't believe that's my music. <laughs> Are there still things from WWE that you get residuals for still now? Uh, yeah, to the day I die. Which is why video games, video games, uh, no more, uh, anything like DV stuff like that. Video games is mostly a thing. Um, those playing cards, action figures, that kind of stuff. M music like plays on Spotify no, or something. No, no, oh. no, that's all. I, I, I assume that's all Jim Johnson. You lucky bastard. You. Oh yeah. He was telling, I had him on the show. <laughs> <You> lucky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> So it's a little bit of mailbox money, they call it in uh, uh, mailbox money, the yeah. entertainment yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah. Mailbox money that, uh, you know, every quarter comes in, you go, ah, okay, cool. Mm. What do you think is the biggest difference from the era of wrestling we're in right now mm -hmm. versus the 90s when you were coming up? It, wow. I mean, if you compare, I would, I would say this, the free agent era compared to the attitude era where it was the wild west. You can get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Whereas today it's it's the art of the free agent. It's the ninety day generation. It's 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 the fans know everything. And too. the fans are they know ninety day clauses before people in offices do. I mean, they've already when they hear X has got released, they've already calculated the ninety days out and go, he could be available for these ten shows. Yeah. So um, that to me is it feels like today feels a little more like go back before attitude and go to the territory era because it feels like every, there's a bunch of, a bunch of territories out there now, as opposed to one or two giant companies. And I feel like this is with great respect for impact wrestling. I've been a fan forever. Mm -hmm. Impact wrestling is back on the rise. Yes. What do you think you can attribute that to? Just, um, consistency in storytelling, um, finding unutilized talent, like, I'll give you an example, Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah. And giving her the opportunity to go out there and show. Um, finding talent and them working above. Look look how, how Moose has changed himself um, from his Ring of Honor days till now. He's a completely different individual, completely different wrestling talent. Um, 
that want to in our locker room is is the difference between us and any other company. And I'm not ashamed to to say that. I mean, our locker room wants to be the best. Our knockouts division believes and knows they're the best women's division in all of wrestling. And they believe it in their core. It's not just some talking point. They believe mm -hmm. it. Mm. Um, oh, there's no question. And it, to me, I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing that, that separates Impact Wrestling or and gives us, I think, our edge is um, creative storylines, um, consistent wrestling in the ring, um, and just compelling talent. Yeah, I just feel like, unfortunately, you guys had to clean up somebody else's mess. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's the story of life, isn't it? I guess. When you when you date somebody, you're actually paying for the sins of the person that you, <laughs> the person you're with and their ex. So you pay for that for a little bit. So it's 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 what you do. And you guys are now being able to reap the rewards of being able to perform in front of an audience. Again. Yes. And I think that people are going, oh man, like this is some really high quality wrestling. I, I have said this, and I say this with no disrespect, but if you're sleeping on Impact Wrestling, that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of people that may be lapsed on Impact Wrestling. Uh, I, I will tell you, if you give Impact three shows, three weeks, three weeks, you, you'll be back for the fourth and you'll stay with us. Um, I, I think our TV is, is done uh, in, in a way where it draws you in. It doesn't insult the intelligence of the viewer. And it pays homage to what wrestling is supposed to be. Is there a plan to start touring with the show again? Like that's always the million dollar question. Yeah, and and, and I, look, I know it takes a lot of resources, mm -hmm. and the biggest resource being money to yeah, do that. that. <laughs> it's the only that's the only resource you need. Well, you also got to drive the trucks around, and well, that you know. all, but it all starts with money. You got to pay you guys to drive those trucks. So, yeah. um, but there was a point where Impact Wrestling was live. Yes, every week on TV. Yeah, and 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 you can only hope that that's our our ultimate end goal. Um, you can only hope that that's where, as we grow, that's where our success will take us. Mm -hmm. Um, as of right now, I'm just happy putting out a quality product that, that you can see on YouTube television. If you're a YouTube, oh, please put it out there for everybody. To access on access yeah. TV. Um, where and when put it all out there Thursday night, 8 PM access television. Come check us out. You can get us on YouTube. You can be a YouTube insider. You can get all our programming. I think it's three ninety nine a month. You can get the entire Impact Wrestling Library. So we're out there. My the 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 old catchphrase is: if you have the internet, you can watch Impact Wrestling. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You guys have a substantial amount of subscribers on YouTube, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can look at a up lot of people consume our content through YouTube. You so. think? 4.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, no. So I mean, yeah. we're we're putting out content, and you know that number speaks to the volume of fans who are entertained by what we're doing. If they, if they weren't entertained, they wouldn't be there. Are we going to see you back in the ring ever? Hell no, <laughs> hell no. Oh, it's quick. No, 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 bro. I I've I've had my moment in the sun. I'm good for sure. Because we all know how wrestling was. Once again, never work. say never. But look, I, I've had my moment in the sun. I get so much more joy now out of 
working with a talent and then sitting back and then watching them go out there and perform mm -hmm. and be the best version of them. To me, that's just as exciting and as being in there myself, but I don't have to get hurt. How long do you think it's going to be till we see the nation in the WWE Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean... It, or, or is it The Rock goes in first and then the nation goes in? Well, I mean, it would be it would be a great honor if it happens. I don't know if it will. Really? I have no clue. I don't... I don't or does D'Lo go in first? No, I don't... I mean, I don't think I've done enough in the business to warrant a Hall of Fame induction. I mean, just my opinion. Now, when you say in the business, does it... Is that just WWE? I mean, that's that's their hall. That, that's their Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I think there's also like, what have you done? You had a an amazing career in Impact after that. Oh, I mean, I'm I, I'm I've spent more time in Impact Wrestling than I ever did in WWE. I spent twice as long in Impact Wrestling. Wow. Yeah, people don't people don't think about that. I knew it was longer. I didn't know it was twice yeah, as it's long. Twice as long. How yeah. many years versus how many years? Uh, let's see. I came to Impact originally in 2003. Spent two years here. Came back again from 08 to 13. So there's seven years. And I was in WWE five. Oh, no, not double yet. And then, well, now, but. And then add on this run here, another. It's kind of right at double. So we're talking at wow. 12 years compared to six years. Yeah. And I, you were part of a faction that had a lot of people talking. Uh, yeah. I mean. Aces and eights. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've been, I've been in. Someone said it to me the other day, like, you're always in a group that's over. And I'm like, I'm just lucky to be around. Yeah, it's like you and X-Pac are always in a group that's over. Um, um, I don't know what it is. I, I don't, I never ask why. If you ask why, you'll know, the answer you get may end it. Um, but, you know, I've enjoyed my time in, in the nation, Ace and Eights, the Gangsters, I mean, ROD in Japan. Um, if you don't know, we were Bullet Club before Bullet Club. Ooh. Google it. Oh. Um and so I got, I got, I'm very fortunate where I've been in my career. Someone called me the other day. They called me the Forrest Gump of wrestling because no matter what, I'm always around somebody like you could, every one of the dark side of the rings, you could go ask D'Lo for a comment because he knew that person. That's so true. Yeah. I, 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 when I heard it, I was like, don't, in that's not an insult. That's pretty much compliment. Seriously. Yeah. You probably have, I could name literally any wrestler. I've been in the ring with them or I've, I've, Yeah. And you've got a story about them. I've got a story about him. Yeah. The Undertaker. Oh, hell. Best domino player I've ever seen beside him and him and Kim Godfather. Best dominoes. Beat him in the, beat him in the finals of the domino tournament. Man. Wow. I, I'm not going to name a bunch of people, but I certainly could. Yeah, no. I, I, when I heard it, I was insulted. Then, then when I think about it, being called the Forrest Gump of wrestling is not, not a bad spot. That should be a t-shirt, I feel like. <laughs> hey, if someone copyrights or someone puts it out there, I... Break a brother off royalties. I think you better recognize. You better recognize. Hmm. There, yeah, there it is. What do you think's on the horizon for impact as we look forward to the rest of 2022? Um, I, I think just once again, more compelling storylines and, and a way of, of keeping a buzz and, and keeping the industry talking about this small little engine that could, that keeps on going. This episode may come out after this weekend, uh -huh. but we'll talk as if it hadn't. Um, there's a lot of 90s days up, so I feel like people could pop up. And, and here's the beauty of wrestling. Surprises are part of it. Yeah. I hate spoilers. Yeah. I'm one of those who I want to be watching TV and go, holy hell. Yeah. Like, I don't want to read so-and-so signs with impact and then going, okay, well, now when 
the it's not the anticipation, not the surprise of when they're gonna if they're gonna debut or who was debuting, but when they're gonna debut, and it's a different kind of feeling. So I like it. There's so much unknown out there right now. I like it. There's so much transition from place to place and talent going moving around. I like it because it's it's causing an excitement buzz about the industry again, and I love it. Who do you think has been the biggest surprise in Impact Wrestling? Biggest surprise debut in your in your time there? The Good Brothers was a good one because no one thought that, you know, that was a high-end, high-high-end tag team and everyone assumed they would go somewhere else. Um, seeing Eric Young walk back out there, seeing mm. Christian come out mm. and challenge for the, you know, and become walk back out as the Impact World Champion. You know, seeing, I mean, golly, seeing Frank Kazarian come back to the door. I mean, to say, to, to honestly, to put the highlight on one is to undersell the rest of them. It's true. Because yeah. we, we've, we've done a really good job at, at surprising people and, and keeping it under wraps. So, yeah. I mean, hell, even Kenny King coming out and joining the, the Honor No More band, um, those sons of guns, um, <laughs> was, was, a big, was a big debut. So, I mean, I, just, I like what we're doing. Can I still call it TNA? Or is that? No. That's, people still do. I know. It's brand confusion. But it's Impact Wrestling. TNA, well, is, was, TNA is part of our past, and we don't run from it or hide from it. In 2011, it was very confusing when they were like, we're called TNA, but it's actually Impact Wrestling, and our show's called TNA Impact Wrestling. And I was like... Yeah, there was, it was brand confusion. Pardon me? Yeah, there was not a concise view on the, the marketing of the company. It's the Impact time. All Caps. Yeah, Impact All Caps. Even when I send my texts, I'll be like, yeah, I'm ready to talk. Capitals. Impact. <laughs> yes. Even when I send my text, I send it all in impact, all in capitals. You are such a delight to hang out with. Oh, bro, thank you, man. You can say the same about you. I just appreciate you coming by. Oh, you're, sick. you're a good-looking dude, man. Come on. I, two good-looking dudes right here. That's oh, what yeah. this is. Man, oh, yeah. I end every conversation with the same question because yeah. I'm all about gratitude. I wake up every morning, mm -hmm. and I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I end every day the same way. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for? I'm grateful for my family i'm grateful for the opportunities that were given to me and i'm grateful somehow i found this crazy world of professional wrestling because it's given me a life it's give everything else i'm grateful for it's given me a life to take care of all that mm. so I, I am grateful for every aspect of wrestling from the companies i've worked with to the fans to the guys i've been in the ring with uh, i'm grateful that every morning i wake up and i go I'm happy to go to work. I love that. D-Lo, thank you so much. My man. What a guy. Big thank you to D-Lo for joining us inside the amazing Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas. Thank you to you, as always, for being in there with us, because without you, none of this exists. So I would ask you, if you're listening for the first time, please take a second to click subscribe or follow on whatever app you're listening on right now. And if you've been here since the beginning, and this is episode 321, thank you. Thank you so much. Times 321. You're the best. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending your time with us. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us and tag us as well. Delos at Brown 75 I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and we'll leave you with the words of Lewis Carroll, who said, 
in the end, we only regret the chances we didn't take. Mm. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.